Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. And a very warm welcome to you this evening to Calvary Church, part of the Parish of Calvary St. George's on this very most holy night. Uh, when we remember and celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I heard a story actually a couple of weeks ago about a five-year-old girl named Sarah who had been fighting. She actually was the one instigating the fights quite a bit with her nine-year-old sister Carol last year. This is common. This is common when you uh, combine a headstrong five-year-old who is sure she's always right and actually deep down wants to be like her older sister with an extremely mature pre-adolescent. Well, the parents' response, who were just looking for a little peace and quiet, I get it, this time of year, uh, their response was common this time of year as well. Maybe you've heard people do this before, but uh, trying to take advantage of Sarah's newfound interest in Santa Claus, the parents reminded her several times when she would fight with her sister that Santa was always watching and that he most certainly doesn't like it when children fight. Yet this seemed to have very little impact on old uh, Sarah. Well, one Saturday morning after a particular loud and brutal fight over the television remote, uh, the mother burst into the room and told Sarah, I'll just have to tell Santa about your misbehavior. And she picked up the phone and began to dial. And Sarah's eyes grew big as her mother asked for Mrs. Claus. It was really Santa's aunt, Santa's line, it was really Santa, uh, it was really Sarah's aunt, evidently Santa's line was busy, but uh, she's on the phone and she goes, I'd like you to put Santa on the line, and Sarah's mouth just about dropped open as the mom began to describe to Santa, Sarah's uncle, how the five-year-old was acting, but when the mom said that Santa now wanted to talk to Sarah, Well, she reluctantly took the phone and shaking with a little bit of fear and trepidation, her uncle, Santa, in a deepened voice, explained to her how there would be no presents Christmas morning to children who fought with their sister and that he, Santa, would be watching and he expected things to be better from now on. Well, Sarah, now even more wide-eyed, she solemnly nodded to each of Santa's remarks. She silently hung up the phone when he was done. And after a long moment, the mom holding in her chuckles at being so clever, asked, what did Santa say to you, dear? And in almost a whisper, there was a bit of sadness in this whisper, but Sarah matter-of-factly stated, Santa said he won't be bringing toys to my sister this year. (laughs) Oh, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Because he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So you better be good for goodness sake. Santa Claus is coming to town. That's not only reflective of our perspective of Santa. It's also many of our perspectives of God. 
And let me proclaim to you, it's a false perspective of God. And this perspective of God has caused many of us to give up on God, or at least miss his profundity, and not take him quite so seriously. And while this view of God or the gods may be true for every other religion, this idea of God who gives good things to good little boys and girls and bad things to bad little boys and girls, this is a complete misunderstanding of the Christian faith. And sadly, many Christians have been the number one purporters of this misunderstanding. But this is my first point tonight, and you need to understand this to begin to even wrap your mind around what this is all about. This is my first point. When we confuse God with Santa, who has made a checklist and checking it twice, going to find out who's been naughty or nice, we miss the whole point of this night. We miss the whole point of grace, and we miss the whole point of the Christian faith. Our religion becomes all about for unto God. Our religion becomes all about what we now need to do for God in order for, uh, for him to love us and therefore uh, and, uh, for us to demonstrate our love for him and then stay within his good graces. And it's this perspective that causes us to believe that if things don't go well, well, to paraphrase Sarah... I don't know if God is going to bless me this year. This is a farce. And it is not the gospel. Nor is it Christianity. So what then is tonight all about? With Mary and Joseph. What's the Christian faith all about? With the baby Jesus and shepherds. Angels and wise men. What is tonight in Christianity all about, Father Jake, if it's not about a giant to-do list for God? Well, at this moment, it would be really easy for me to turn this Christmas Eve sermon into a political or moralistic speech about immigration, refugees, and war. And as powerful and relevant as that may be, ultimately, that is to deflect you to deflect the personal and the existential meaning of this night. To once again miss the meaning of this night and the Christian faith altogether. Because politics and moralism ultimately throw the onus back on us and our shoulders. So then what is this night and the Christian faith all about? Well, as the prophet Isaiah made clear 700 years before Jesus' birth, the armies of Assyria at their border ready to sack them and destroy them, he looked and he said to the people, For a child has been born for us, he prophesied. A son is given to us. And Isaiah places all of the weight of all the being good right where it belongs on the child's shoulder. When he says, authority rests upon his shoulders. And he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And this is my second point.
when you highlight the us, make them big. Make them reach from the earth to the heavens. When you highlight the us that this baby is God's gift to you for peace between you and him, to reconcile you to him, it takes the Christian faith and the Christmas story out of the world of sentimentality and abstraction and makes it concrete and it makes it actually real in your life. When you highlight the us, it takes the Christian faith and the Christmas story out of the realm of piety and our actions and makes it truly what it is all about. Good news. The gospel. God's action and God's work for us. That while you were on the naughty list, While you were like Sarah fighting with your sister, while you were busy shouting at people on Facebook of different political persuasions or not caring at all, God has given you his love. God has given you his grace. And God has already given you his mercy. That God has come and placed in between you and him this Christ child who would grow up to die on the cross, yet rise again on the third day for you so that you and I might become the righteousness of God. That's no abstraction. That is the mystery of the word made flesh all for you. God for us. You see, the gospel, the gospel, when it touches our hearts and lives, it does a number of things. And uh, I almost preached on all of them, but uh, then the sermon was like an hour and a half, and I know you wouldn't mind, but uh, (laughs) just kidding. I'll just highlight what I think is the most important for us tonight, especially in a world of such unease, a world of strife, both out there and in here. The gospel... When it touches our lives, when it touches our hearts, it brings a sense of ease to them. I know that isn't very exciting, but when you face the unease of life, God for us, that makes Christianity good. That makes Christianity relevant. That enables Christianity to speak to the darkest and most uneasy places of your life. Just think about the anxiety you feel. Just think about the resentments that emerge when you have to earn love, when you have to earn favor. This is not God for us. This is not the gospel when you have to earn God's love. Earning and proving ourselves in relationships, just think about all the relationships you have to earn and prove yourself to. They never last That is the law, and it kills. There's a horrible TV show called The Bachelor and the Bachelorette. I watch it so you don't have to. But uh, (laughs) at the end of every show, there's the rose ceremony, the infamous rose ceremony, when the bachelor or the bachelorette, and for the record, this is the only church in the country that has a reference to the bachelor and the bachelorette in a Christmas Eve sermon. So you're in a magical place tonight. But... uh, um, 
But there's this moment in the rose ceremony when the bachelor or the bachelorette give a rose to those they felt really earned it. Have you noticed that? And you watch those dates that precede the rose ceremony, and these dates are the most contrived and fraudulent dates ever. However, once in a while, like episode seven, uh, uh, the, the rose ceremony, the rose ceremony literally happens at the beginning. The bachelor or the bachelorette give the people they want to go on a date with a rose. And they go on their date. There's no chance that the contestant is going home. And because of that, the relationship is secure, at least until the next episode. <laughs> but if you ever watch that with the rose ceremony at the beginning, that date is actually normal. There's ease there. The free to laugh, cry, maybe share a genuine kiss. And they begin to open up about who they actually are. This is my third point tonight. For unto us a child is born. This Christ child, Jesus, is your rose from God. Right at the beginning. And gathered around this altar tonight in bread which is his body broken for you, and wine which is his blood shed for you, we are reminded that this gift for us will never be reneged. In your baptisms, you were permanently removed from the naughty list and had your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So you can live your life in the grace of God. You can live your life, at least for moments, in ease, in the peace of God, which passes all understanding, without fear and in perfect love. That's God's promise to you tonight in this baby. Merry Christmas and amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.